reading this evening is taken from the Gospel according to John, chapter 14, verse 1 to 7. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me. Sorry, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word upon which we can build our lives. And we take you at your word, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the words you spoke when you were on earth. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that as you speak this evening, we will hear your voice and respond as you call us to, and with the strength that you give us to. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I'm dressed very formally, but I, I intend to be informal. So please be informal as well. And um, I preach at different churches, so it's, it's quite... Uh, it's easy in terms of not having to travel to be at the church that myself and Sally and our five children are part of. Um, and usually when I go to churches, I say I'm double vaccinated so that they're not, um, they're not scared. But uh, I'm going to be in this church um, whether I'm double vaccinated or not. So, um, but please be relaxed. And be relaxed enough to shout out an answer to a question if you wish to. There's no obligation to. But um, pre-COVID, I would always try to be as interactive as possible. Partly because... <laughs> People listen when they speak, and, uh, and therefore, if they're speaking, then they're listening. I've, I've, I don't know if you ever thought about it, but I listen to what I say. And if you find yourself having a conversation with God as we look at these words that were just read for us, thank you, then just continue that conversation. And um, my family prayed for me before, before I left home, and... Um, Words along the lines of, not what I say, but what God says. So we're going to look at God's word, and we build our lives on God's word. And I've built this sermon on God's word, so I've put a few scriptures in there. If you have a Bible, you might want to turn to it. Um, but when I ask a question, feel free to shout out, but no pressure to do so. But um, hopefully it will keep you on your toes. What do you remember about Easter this year? What do you remember 
about Easter. I can't remember the date. I think early April. Um, but I remember our Prime Minister's Easter message. Maybe it didn't make the headlines. But Prime Minister Johnson said, if there is one thing that British Christians have shown us this year, it's that Jesus Christ is, and then you can look above me, the way, the truth, and the life. Not just today on Easter Day, but every day. His teachings and his death and resurrection permeate through every aspect of daily life. Quite a quote, although it's not a full quote. So if I asked who wants to be on the way, I imagine most of us would want to be on the way. I think I'll have had a text from one of our children. I said, let me know whether Wales are through um, in terms of the Euro 2020s. There are a number of teams and they're hopefully on their way. Who wouldn't want to be on the way? <clears throat> or which one of us would say no to knowing the truth? Which one of us would say no to knowing the truth? If you have these two doses of vaccines, however many weeks apart, you are 90, however many percent likely not to contract or carry the coronavirus infection. If taking this vaccine means I can hug someone and not put them at risk or myself at risk, who would not want to know? Sometimes we might not want to know. How long have I got? When we prayed this morning for Pauline, she died in between our two services and one of our children said, what, she knows she's going to die. Pauline knew she was going to die and she's dead, but because she follows Jesus, she is alive. We'd want to be on the way. We want to know the truth. And how many of us would deny that we want to live? How many of us would deny that we want to live? Even with the push for euthanasia, and it's a talk for another time, when push comes to shove, most of us, when we get to the end, want to do something if we believe it's a premature end. Ask anyone who's having chemotherapy for cancer, do they want life? Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But if Prime Minister Johnson quotes the verse again, then he might want to quote it in full as was read for us. The first part is written above. You can, if your eyes, don't nod if it's, um, if it's tiring at the end of a, a Father's Day, but, but look up at these words. I am the way, the truth, and the life. But to finish that verse, Jesus went on to say, no one comes to the Father except through me, he said, except through him. So religions point us in the direction of the divine. Muhammad said, the truth has been revealed to me. And Buddha says, that my teachings, if you follow them, will point you towards truth. But Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He doesn't say, I have it. He doesn't say, follow me and you'll get it. He says, I am. So C.S. Lewis's famous quote, don't come up with Jesus was a good moral teacher. Because to say the things that he said, either on the first part, they were true 
or they were not true. If they were not true, they were not true and Jesus didn't know they were not true. They could be, it could be that they were not true and he didn't know. But otherwise, they're true. This person who walked on earth is, still is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I sometimes lecture and often tutor medical students. It's not my day job, but I, I do it. And the most interesting part for me, if I'm ever giving a lecture, and there won't be Q&A after this service today, but I'll hang around if you have questions. More importantly, if you want prayer after the service, there'll be people here to pray for you. But the most interesting part of a lecture is the questions. It's the most interesting part. I find the most interactive part because then the lecturer will answer the questions that are in the minds and on the mouths of the people who are listening to the lecture. Often, it's the most relevant part as well. If not the most relevant, then the most revealing. But here's a question. What do you expect in the next 15 minutes? What do you expect in the next 15 minutes? And it doesn't really matter what you expect from me. If it wasn't COVID, I'd probably come down and come a bit closer. It doesn't matter whether you have an expectation from me. But what do you expect God to do in the next 15 minutes? And knowing God as I do, not fully, but more and more, I know that he wants to reveal himself. He wants to reveal more of himself. So if we've never had a revelation of God, he wants to do that. If we have had that revelation, if we're following, if we are on the way, as they called some of the first Christians, they are people of the way, then God wants to show us more of himself as we go along this way with him. Thomas asked a question. He gets a bad press, doubting Thomas. We've probably heard that phrase. He gets a bad press, but his question to Jesus, gives Jesus the opportunity to reveal more of himself. So Jesus, an interactive teacher, as interactive as he always was and is, says to his disciples in verse 4, turn to it if you have it, he says, you know the way to the place where I am going. You know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas is an evidence seeker. He seeks evidence. That's why he said, I need to see the nail marks and put my hand in the hole. So Thomas says to Jesus, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? It's obvious. If I don't know the destination, I can't know the way there. The destination determines the journey. The destination determines the journey. And Thomas says, I don't know where, and we, the disciples, don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way if we don't know where you're going? And I can imagine there being numerous exclamation marks as well as a question mark in the tone that Thomas uses. Come on, Jesus. If we knew where you were going, then we could follow you. But we don't even know where you're going, I imagine, is probably how he 
said it, or at least how he thought it. His question's valid, his question's relevant, his question's realistic. And Jesus, I don't say this glibly, has the answer to any question you have tonight, any question I have. Why is it that, whatever it may be, why is it I work for a charity that helped persecuted Christians, why is it that Christians are so persecuted? Jesus knows the answer to that question. He knows it very specifically because he was persecuted. Any personal question you can ask him, any political question, he knows the answer. And he will help you to get the answer, but more importantly is a revelation of him as we go along the way to getting those answers. That's what's more important. And Jesus turns Thomas's question inside out and upside down. And he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's as if Jesus says to Thomas, it's not about the map, don't worry. It's about me. Journey with me. It's about my person. It's about my being. Jesus doesn't point to the way and say it's over there. He takes us with him because he is the way. He is the way. Here's another question. If you could say only three words about yourself to introduce yourself to somebody else, maybe someone who's getting to know you and you're getting to know them, three words, what would you say? Which three words would you use? It's hard to come up with only three, isn't it? So what we're going to do is to look at Jesus' answer to this question. And if you ever ask Jesus a question, then stay sharp. At university, I remember two questions in particular. And one still makes me smile because Jim asked a lecturer. Jim was a bit kind of, a bit too keen to interrupt lecturers. And he asked a question, and the lecturer said, I'll answer your question in a few minutes. And uh, in a few minutes, the lecturer said, and to come to your question, oh, you're asleep. <laughs> Jim had fallen asleep. And so he didn't hear the answer to his question. Another question comes to my mind. It was a question that the queen asked me, and I didn't know the answer, but I'm not going to tell you about that. I'll save it for another time. Questions are important. If you look at the gospel accounts, and if you have a Bible that has red letters for Jesus' words, then it just shows you Jesus reveals himself in response to interactions with people. The Good Samaritan, for example, Jesus telling us how to interact with everyone, how to interact specifically with communities that are like this with one another, or like this with one another. And he told that parable in response to a question. And here, in response to Thomas's question, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus' answer was for Thomas. Jesus' answer was for all the disciples. And Jesus' answer is for us tonight. It's up there. I am the way, the truth, and the life. These are the three things that Jesus chose to say, him, say about himself. Now, there are others, and there are seven recorded in John's gospel, and that's the series that we're going through. 
But here Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We often quote it, and it's a Sunday evening, and if you've not finished all your Father's Day responsibilities, maybe some of you have more to do. Or you just have to get ready for work, or you have to go home and feed someone, or wash someone, or whatever it may be. So I won't take long. But if you're like Thomas, you'll want some evidence. If you're like me, you won't necessarily want evidence, but you'll want a framework onto which you can put some evidence. And two pointers that might help us just in a few minutes. One is from a commentary, and the other is from a children's song, and you may know the children's song. I am the way, in brackets, to the Father, in as much as... I am, and then the truth and the life. I found it helpful. I am the way, the truth, and the life. What does it mean? Jesus is saying, I am the way to the Father in as much as I am the truth and the life. And if you know this children's song, you could probably sing it. Without the way, there is no Maybe you don't know it. Without the way, there is no going. Without the truth, there is no knowing. And without the life, there is no growing. So without the way, we cannot go. Without the truth, we cannot know. And without life, we cannot grow. What makes something alive? It's growing. That's what makes something or someone alive. So just going to spend just a couple of minutes each on those. If we're going, what questions should we ask? Where are we going is a good question to ask. Thomas was asking that question. But maybe even more importantly than that is to whom are we going? Not so much where are we going. We're going to a house. Okay, it's a house. But who lives in the house? Where's the best place to be on Father's Day? One of our youngest child asked me this morning, why do you have to preach on Father's Day? I think she wanted me to be around. I gave the best answer I could early in the morning. Jesus, the host with the most, invites us to his father's place with many mansions. It was read in the reading for us earlier. Jesus, the host with the most, invites us to his father's place. If I go to a party with someone, I'll find out something about them. But if I go to the party of somebody in their house, I'll find out what they're like. I'll find out what food they serve, what drink they serve. I'll find out what's important to them, what's on their walls, what kind of, with what do they fill their space. And I'll find out who have they invited. Who else have they invited? Have they invited the people who I wouldn't have invited? Have they invited the people who I would have invited? And who's invited to the Father's house? Everyone's invited to the Father's house. Everyone is invited. God wants everybody, no matter where they're born, no matter to whom they're born, no matter how They were brought up, no matter whether they had plenty or little, everybody is invited to the Father's 
house. So this Father's Day, we have an opportunity. Even just coming to church is an opportunity to commune with God. For God to reveal something of himself or something more of himself. So it's a party that can't be spoiled by whatever variant is prevalent. It's a party that can't be spoiled by the weather. It's a party that no one and nothing can spoil. Jesus says, come to my father's party. Come to my father's house. So how do we accept that? If you want to accept it, how do we accept that? Paul writes to the church in Rome, Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, and says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If I confess it with my mouth at the same time or whilst being consistent with the belief in my heart, then you will be saved. But don't do it lightly because I have to give up my right to myself. It's not my life now. It's the life of God through me. And therefore, imagine a persecuted Christian. Therefore, if I have to give my life to follow Jesus, to follow in the way of Jesus, then I will. Truth. What would you ask about knowing? I would ask two questions about knowing. Knowing what? What do I need to know? And knowing who? Who do I need to know? What do I need to know? Here's the only Old Testament reference in the sermon. You'll find it in Habakkuk 2 verse 14. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. How? As the waters cover the sea. How do the waters cover the sea? Completely, entirely, overwhelmingly. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. In other words, people will know that God is glorious. How do people know God's glorious? I tell them. You tell them. We tell them. But not just tell them, we have to show them. If we say it and don't show it, then people will rightly label me a hypocrite. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. It's inevitable, it's going to happen. I can be part of it, or I can choose to tell the waves to stop, or tell the tide to turn before the moon tells the tide to turn. Knowing what, and knowing who. Who do we need to know? Who do we need to know? Maybe Father's Day is a good day just to remind ourselves who God is. What makes us Christian? Different denominations, we're from different churches and different church backgrounds, and we're here even if it's only here for tonight. What makes us Christian is that we believe that God is Trinity. That's what makes us Christian at a very basic level. So Paul writes to another church in Ephesus, Ephesians 2 verse 18, and he says, speaking about Jesus, through him, Jesus, we both, by which he means Jew and Gentile. In other words, everyone. Through Jesus, everyone has access 
to the Father by one spirit. Jesus, Paul says, through Jesus, everyone, no matter their background, you can put anything there, whatever comes to your mind. Socioeconomic, ethnic, whatever comes to your mind, political, religious, denominational. Through Jesus, everyone has access to the Father. Jesus says, come and I'll show you this God who created the whole earth. But I'll reveal him to you as Father. And as Kate said earlier, that might be hard for some of us if that relationship has not been as intended. And I know because I'm a father to five that I don't get it right. But I know that God gives me grace. Why? Because God is a father. So he'll give grace to fathers to reflect. He'll give grace to father figures to reflect his father heart. That's the way. Where are we going? To whom are we going? The truth. Knowing what? The knowledge of the glory of God. And knowing who? Knowing God. This God who's Trinity. Maybe even tonight during this short sermon, which is finishing very soon, or as you reflect tonight, this evening, through the week, what does it mean to relate to God in three persons? Three distinct persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One being, don't contradict, they don't squabble, they don't jostle, they don't fight for position. This one God in three persons. What does it mean to relate to each of those persons? And then life. What question would you ask about growing? I would ask these two questions. Growing how? And growing into what? How do I grow? And into what do I grow? Two verses from Paul's letter to another church in Colossae. It's Colossians 1. Verses 9 and 10. And Paul writes, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. And we pray this so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. If I grow in the knowledge of God, my life will bear fruit. It's not a theoretical knowledge. It's a knowledge that I know this person. God, the God who created the earth, the God who sustains the world, God wants to make himself known to me. And if I allow him to do that, if I ask him honest questions, as Thomas did, if you ask him an honest question tonight, he'll give you an honest answer. You might want the honest answer or maybe you, you don't or maybe it's hard or you want to pause before you ask. But this God wants to reveal himself to me. Why? So that my life can reflect fruit so that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. And it might be one small corner of the earth or it might be many different small corners of the earth. But that's what God is doing, filling the earth with the knowledge of his glory. Imagine it. Imagine being on the bottom of the sea. Imagine being whatever creature you want to be on the bottom of the sea. And the waters cover the sea. That's how much knowledge 
God wants there to be of his glory. Two last questions and then I'll finish. We'll sing or hum or speak. This relates to one of Jesus' other statements where he said, I am the good shepherd. How does one know? How does one know? It reminds me of the question the queen asked me. That's how it started. How does one? Why does one? How does one know that a sheep is a sheep? How do I know? How do you know that a sheep is a sheep? What's the foolproof? What's the fail-safe way of knowing? Relates to Father's Day. Knowing that a sheep is a sheep is sure to me if I see that sheep produce a sheep. If a sheep produces a sheep, that's a sheep. Might look like a goat, but this sheep produces a sheep. Therefore, I know this is a sheep. Let me ask this question. It's probably the hardest. If you could say one thing about yourself, not three things now, one thing, what would you say? Self-definition, one word, what would you say? Well, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I would probably say something along the lines of, I follow the Son on the way to the Father, and I do so as Holy Spirit lives in me. So in a way, I'm getting three. It's a number of words, but one thing, that's what I want to do. I want to follow Jesus taking me to the Father. And how can I do that? Not in my own strength. I can do that as Holy Spirit helps me to do that. I'm going to end. I just want to encourage you with a challenge. I was confirmed here two weeks ago by Bishop John. And what he challenged those of us who were being confirmed, 12 of us. He said in 12 months' time, but he said it to all of us, will there be others who are being confirmed because of me? He mentioned work and school and university. In 12 months' time, will there be others being confirmed because I was confirmed two weeks ago? In other words, can I make a disciple? How do I prove I'm a disciple of Jesus? What is a disciple of Jesus? A disciple of Jesus is someone who follows Jesus. And part of following Jesus is to say to other people, come and follow Jesus. Paul said it, 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, follow me as I follow Christ. So I have one hand being held by God, by Christ, taking me to the Father, and I have another hand, and I can give this other hand to Sally, my wife, and then to our five children, I can give it to anyone and say, follow me, but if you see something in my life that isn't going after God, then don't follow me. But inasmuch as I follow Christ, taking me to the Father, then follow me. So what is it about fathers? <laughs> What is it that makes fathers special? Fathers are special because God is a father. Marriage is special because it reflects a relationship between Jesus and the church. Fathers propagate, they produce, they reproduce. That's what fathers do and that's why. What God does propagates, seed time and harvest. A disciple making another disciple. What, God's, what God does propagates. If you haven't had any Father's Day chocolate and you're a father then please come and have this because I got two this morning. We used to give chocolates in the church that I led in London. And uh, you can't go wrong, really. You can go wrong with the amount, but 
giving fathers chocolates on Father's Day, you won't go wrong. And as I said, Sally and I have five children, but I don't deserve five bars of chocolate because we've got five children. But I believe grandfathers deserve two. Great-grandfathers deserve three. Why? Because it's multiplying. So Sally and I have probably reached our limit and had five children in the natural. But imagine my father, my father-in-law. It's multiplying. It's propagating. I'm going to stop. We're going to sing. I just want to say this. Ask this. If anyone here has never accepted Jesus' invitation to be taken to the Father, and you want to now, it's a tall order, but just stand. I'm just going to pause, and there's no pressure to do so. But if you wish to do so, once you've stood, you can sit back down, and then someone, myself and probably somebody else as well will pray with you. Is there anyone? You sit down. Thank you. Kate and I will pray for you later, or myself and one other person. I don't know the evening service people, so please don't be offended by that question. Then let's all stand as we prepare to sing or hum or mouth or say these words. Waymaker. Jesus makes a way where there is no way. He makes a way for us to follow him. He makes a way for us to help others, to invite others on that journey of faith. Let's worship together.